0: In this episode, I had the opportunity to speak with bestselling author, podcast host, and founder of Brim, Sally Holder. Key points addressed were key aspects of Sally's book, Hitting Rock Middle, The Roadmap from Empty Success to True Fulfillment, and we also discussed Sally's current endeavors to massive online training platforms she is currently leading and developing to help entrepreneurial women move their businesses to a solely virtual platform. Stay tuned for my informative talk with Sally Holder. My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series contains interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts regardless of age, status, or industry. We aim to contribute to the evolving global dialogue surrounding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our subsequent series that dive deep into specific areas such as vegan life, fasting, and roundtable topics. They can be found via our website, patriciakathleen.com, where you can also join our newsletter. You can also subscribe to all of our series on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. everyone and welcome back. I am your host Patricia and today I am ecstatic to be sitting down with Sally Holder. Sally is a best-selling author, podcast host, and founder. You can find out more about her and all of her efforts on her website www.sallyholder.com. Welcome, Sally. Thank you for having me, Patricia. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to unpack everything that you're doing. It's really exciting. Uh, you know, we were talking prior to recording and um, you have a very unique situation as having launched your book um, at the beginning of the COVID va- pandemic breakout. And so I, I'm actually really interested to find out about um, some of the conversation that exists between um, that relationship as well as unpacking your book. Um, For everyone listening, I will give you a brief bio on Sally, but prior to doing that, in case you're new to the podcast, a roadmap for the way that we will be following our trajectory and inquiry within that, we'll first look at unpacking Sally's academic background and early professional life, um, bringing her up to writing the book, Hitting Rock Middle, The Roadmap from Empty Success to True Fulfillment. And then we'll turn straight to unpacking that book. And I'll get into the logistics of who, what, when, where, why, how funding, all of those um, kind of more back-end logistical author-based things. And then I'll also turn towards the philosophy and the impetus of um, the inspiration behind it, writing it, um, what community she intends for it to serve, and all of those things. And then we'll look at unpacking her podcast and, again, um, some of the logistical issues or um, questions around that, and then also the ethos. The guests, the content matter she's getting into, all of those things. Then we'll turn towards unpacking what's called the brim. And um, this is a coaching experience that Sally uh, offers as a technique. And I'll kind of climb through all of those things. Again, industries, client profiles, people that she's helping out. um, And What's new on the horizon with all of that, maybe any more books um, in that arena, and then we'll turn our efforts towards asking her about goals and plans and then we'll wrap everything up with advice that Sally may have for those of you who are looking to get involved with her contact her about her work or perhaps emulate some of the success that she has had over the past year. Um, a quick bio, as promised on Sally, before I stop peppering her with questions, Sally Holder is an acclaimed bestselling author of Hitting Rock Middle, The Roadmap from Empty Success to True Fulfillment. It came out in January of 2020, I believe. She's a podcast host and founder of The Brim. She is a sought-after coach, speaker, trainer, and guide to her clients, breaking out of their silent scream in success and into true fulfillment. As a nationally recognized speaker and business coach, Sally has spent more than 15 years helping businesses, entrepreneurs, and employees identify what's getting in their way and then breaking down those barriers to success. Sally earned a degree in human and organizational development from Vanderbilt University and followed that by earning her law degree while spending more than 10 years practicing labor and employment law, advising small companies, as well as giants like FedEx and Michelin. She grew passionate about the growth of businesses. Um, Moving beyond her law practice, she became an entrepreneur, starting her own business in coaching. Here, she discovered her true passion, helping others make the bold choice that lead to lasting success and happiness. So, Again, you can find out more on her website, www.sallyholder.com. That is S-A-L-L-I-E-H-O-L-D-E-R.com. So Sally, before we kind of launch into your book, which um, I'm excited to kind of ask you about the core tenets of, and I um, had the privilege of looking at over the past week, I'm hoping that you can draw us um, an academic and professional background, which I know is kind of leading straight into your book and its narrative, but um, so that everyone can garner an understanding of where you were at prior to writing and launching um, your book, Hitting Rock Middle.
1: Yeah, sure. So I um feel like I came into this world following society's mold of, of success that Um, you know, while my father was an entrepreneur, my family had a very rigid view of what success looked like, what it felt like, what it showed up as to the outside world. Mm. And I learned quickly on that success meant that you achieved external accomplishments, that um, it came from a lot of awards and accolades, and that success really only meant one thing, and that it was all that external kind of Shiny penny stuff. Um, I never really grasped that success meant that you got to feel words like and and feelings like happiness and joy and contentment. And so I believed for a very long time, more than thirty years, that you needed to work hard enough, be very focused on those external accomplishments. And when you did, eventually you would be rewarded with the feelings of happiness and contentment. But after the 30 years of work and and sacrifice of time and energy and getting many of the awards that I thought um, would lead me to that place of happiness and contentment, You know, after getting all of those, I didn't feel any of the things that I wanted to feel. I didn't feel fulfillment. I didn't feel joyful or happy. And I felt robbed. I felt frustrated and mad and angry and really dissatisfied. And I kept all of that to myself you know, I kept quiet about all of those feelings because I felt like there must be something wrong with me because I had checked all of the boxes along the way that everyone else told me to check. And yet I didn't get all of the feelings back that I assumed came with checking the boxes. So, you know, eventually through, you know, um, my own, internal hard work of turning inside instead of spending all of my time focused externally and kind of we can talk about this part later but you know eventually turning internally I did the even harder work um, to figure out who I was and what I defined as success and who I wanted to eventually become in this life and um, made a big career change from you know focusing on things that I disliked in the, the corporate world and began my entrepreneurial journey. And I always had said to myself, Patricia, that if I figured it out, if I figured out how to make this sincere switch and change, that I would write the book on it, that I would help other people be able to do the same. Because when I was out there struggling and floundering, I looked for the external solution. I looked for a book or someone just Mm -hmm. to say, I've been there too. I get it. And I couldn't find that. Um, and so this was my attempt to be authentic and raw and open to say, if you have landed in this place, I get you, I hear you. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. All you need to do now is just a little bit of different work than you were ever told you needed to do to get to that place of happiness and fulfillment.
0: I'm curious. And um, this is an area that the book doesn't really parse out. You do a really great and very candid. I think you have a lot of bravery and your honesty in the book um, describing, you know, what, what could be seen as a non-problem, you know, and, and and really unpacking the problem within that, you know, the book begins with this kind of description of, this incredible young success at like 27 years old that you had. And then just this, this feeling of a disconnect at any rate, it felt to me, I felt as a reader, like there was an emptiness behind everything obtaining everything that you had achieved before the age of 30, including the accolades and and being recognized by society for that. And, um, and then the disconnect between what true happiness actually was and why you hadn't reached it with your benchmarkers that you had set forth at a younger age. And um, I thought a lot about that after, you know, reading that particular because it's something I'm not even certain we're instilling in our own next generation. You know, for those of us that are lucky to have figured out um, what, you know, our zone of genius or whatever phrase you want to come up with it is. um, I'm not certain that we have learned it well enough to do what this book is, as you've put forth, meant to do, which is to kind of help others go about doing the same thing, you know, and and then instilling it in the next generation. I am curious, how long did it take you? Because the book does this beautiful job of of mapping things out and I wanna unpack that. But how long did it take you personally to kind of get to a place where the book's written in hindsight, you've kind of come to this revelation, you've walked into your zone of genius. How long would you say that journey took you from the, the bathroom floor that night until writing? Oh gosh. Um, I would say probably 10 years. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I think that, um, from I, I had that bathroom floor moment that you're talking about after receiving the young professional of year of the year award. And I came home and just collapsed in tears because I felt like nothing was going to be different. And, um, yet I wanted so desperately for things to be different and. Um, my greatest fear was that I didn't have the power to make things different for myself. And I didn't realize all along that I did. I possessed that power all along. Um, But I stayed exactly where I was for eight more years. I stayed practicing law. I shifted things slightly, right? And I kind of described this concept in the book of staying in the loop that, you know, I would investigate other careers, other areas and, believe that they would be the solution, that it was just the people I worked with or the job or the city I lived in. Um, and um, it the problem wasn't that I was following someone else's model of success. Um, and so I stayed there eight more years doing those slightly different things, running a law firm. I ran several companies after that as their chief operating officer, real estate company, retail company. Um, but I still felt all of those same things because they were still always chasing someone else's model. Um, so it took me 10 years um, after going through several other iterations to realize, okay, if it's not just practicing law and it's not just you know the people I work with, then it I take me wherever I go. And so mm-hmm. um, if it's if I'm finding the same feelings every single time over and over, it must be something within me that, needs to be resolved. And I finally, um, began actually working with my own business coach and, um, she really helped me unlock that and make the realization that I needed to do do the work myself. And, um, so over the next two years, I saw more growth and more rapid change in my life and career Mm -hmm. than I had from the previous 10.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious too. Your book does a good job at posturing questions, and even on your website, you um, you know, as as a viewer, when you land and things like that, you've got a survey and and things of that nature. That I know that ties into probably your work with the brim. But um, I'm wondering how much of it 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 seems like you have a very um, therapy approached basis to it. In that, the solution is within. We just need to kind of unlock these. You know, um, and. I'm referring obviously to, to normal social therapy that a lot of people receive, but um, you have a lot of these questions about like looking in and answering it for oneself, you know, and it's it's also checking these factors that I think um, you you talk about in the book as well, these kind of smile and nodding moments that people do, and, and they really don't feel that way inside and kind of coming to terms with that, identifying it, and then identifying true questions once you've detached it from um, stigma that a lot of us have about what we ought to be doing or what one, you know, was planned to do because of means from like a disparate moment in childhood. And so um, I'm wondering if you can speak to how much of that is, is accurate. What I just said in clients that you've already worked with and things like that, is it very much so bringing things into consciousness to help one let go or are there other steps that they need help with along the way?
1: Um, I love the way that you put that. It, it is a bit of a therapeutic approach. And um, what I've come to learn and really resisted for so long in um, my kind of 10 year journey prior was the fact that I thought that there was some kind of tactical solution and that it could only come from some sort of tactical solution. And if I just worked hard enough, the the solution would appear. And, um, and yet the solution wasn't coming. And yet I yeah. still stayed in that loop, right? The definition of insanity. Um, and what I've come to realize in working with female entrepreneurs is that it is absolutely a combination of both, right? It is a combination of tactical solutions, but that we are generally as, you know, and I primarily work with women just I'm because I'm fascinated with female entrepreneurs and really passionate about helping them increase their revenue and income and, um, and what I've come to realize is we aren't necessarily open to the tactical changes that we should, or, you know, may need to implement until we have resolved many of the mindset issues, the limiting beliefs and, you know, kind of exactly how you put it, the therapeutic approach and the therapeutic uh, work is done first. You know, I have a mindset course that I offer and, um, you know, I generally recommend that people start there because, And and many entrepreneurs say, well, it's not my mindset, you know, it's my, you know, lack of sales or my inability to have a lead funnel or lead generation. And I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to get there. I'm going to talk to you about all of those things and help you implement those. But the reason why you haven't created those first, the reason why they don't exist now is because, right, of these blocks, these mental blocks that you have, these assumptions you've made about yourself, your self-worth, the worth of your business. And it's driving many of the decisions that you're currently making in your business. So when we, when we can resolve those, then we can implement some really great, um, you know, tactical tools that are, I find small tweaks that can create massive success for you, but it all does begin with what's between your ears.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to that end, I'm wondering who, is the, who was the ideal candidate for your book when you were writing it? Did you have your audience in mind or you, were you just writing your truth? Um, my actually i always had my audience in mind
1: because i was always thinking about the person that i was that if there was another 27 year old woman out there who was doing it and trying to force that square peg in the round hole staying in a career that she disliked um so to me it is that younger audience not where i am currently um which is okay i have other things that serve them but to me ideally it is the younger audience you know the You know, 27 to 35, 25 to 35, where they're questioning and sitting there saying, You know, I I like what I do, but I don't love it. I'm not passionate about it. I don't know where I'm going from here. Um, Do I stay here? Do I really invest and double down in the career that I've chosen? And, um, you know, I want them to be able to read this and know whether it's right to stay where they are or whether creating the wholesale change may be right for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think anybody can benefit from that. Even if the answer is, you know, a, a lovely, like I'm great. I'm right where I should be. You know, a check-in is is really necessary and wonderful. Um, what has been the greatest success with your book that you hadn't anticipated? What has been like some of the, the happier moments that took you off guard? Oh, what a great question. Um, You know, I did have the pleasure of getting to
1: do um, a book tour right that ended literally the week before COVID hit. And, um, you know, I think an unexpected um, just joy was seeing women probably who are of an older generation um, who were in their 60s and 70s coming up and saying, I read this or they enjoyed the talk that I gave relative to the book and coming up in tears saying, I don't want to give up, right? I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I want to make the change. I still want to do the work to create the life I always wanted. And to me, just to be able to inspire one person to take the risk on themselves and to go and do that is beyond what I could have ever hoped for. Um, you know, I'm thinking in particular one woman that just like held my hand and she was just in tears saying, you know, I've been wanting to do this for myself for so long, you know, thank you for giving me the courage to do it. And I mean, it can bring tears to my eyes right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely and As well, it should um, moving anybody like that. I think is wonderful. Uh, I'm wondering. You mentioned COVID and the book. I I, do, I I have written down January 2020. I myself didn't find that fact. But if it if it indeed launched then, you kind of you know um, gracefully partnered COVID into the existence of um, kind of the global pandemic that it is right now. And I'm with your book launch. And I'm curious, as I started thinking about it, I don't come at anything always, um, you know, pessimistic. And I was wondering if it was, I'm sure that there was some fallout and some issues and canceled tour dates and things of that nature. But has there been um, like a shift? Did it cause you to pivot and look at your book differently? Has there been a dialogue that wouldn't have existed without that extreme and rare circumstance um, as launching the book right then? Um, Patricia, I think you were the first person I have talked
1: to about this in this manner. So I love the question. Um, yes, yes, and yes, and yes, (laughs) all of the above. Um, I, like I said, I was fortunate to get to go to 25 cities. I, I did a full book tour. The, the difference that I didn't expect was I thought that I would still be talking about the book, um, at length from, you know, January throughout the entire year. When things hit in March, um, what became apparent was that I needed to help um, my clients and even potential clients and just any female entrepreneur in an entirely different way and very fast. And so I wanted to be able to offer help and that wasn't the time for them to take that wholesale risk and change to, you know, and and some began the thought process. I will say I had some people reach out to me and say, you know, now is the time where I'm, you know, deeply thinking about whether or not I might want to make a change, and that's great. But but the immediacy that uh, COVID created of needing to create income and needing to have, um, you know, a an ability to take businesses online really trumped the other message of, Hey, go out and feel the freedom of creating whatever career it is that you want to have. So I did switch gears much faster than I anticipated. Um, it's been interesting. You know, I had a bit of mourning over that. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to, um, let it sink in. Um, and it really came after the fact. So I pivoted so quickly to offer a free five day workshop. I did it, um, online, just on Facebook. I did five full days of training uh, to female entrepreneurs, how to and taught them how to take their businesses online to immediately create revenue. Um, and so, um, you know, getting that content written and up and running and the whole thing going for, um, a little over 300 people took a lot of work. And so, um, and then from that came obviously different as, as things always do that then takes you in a totally different path. And so now I'm going to offer that again because people said it was so great. Um, and so, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm sad a little bit that I haven't gotten to continue to focus on the book, but I am a big believer that, you know, whatever path that we are given is the one that we were meant to be on. And so mm-hmm. interestingly enough um, I'm just walking this different path and um, with curiosity and yeah. with
0: interest. Will you return to the honeymoon phase or try to with, um, with, the with your book once COVID is over and social distancing is Um, more of a distant past, would you think you'll ever return and try to do some of the activities that you were planning on doing or just move forward?
1: I don't think I will. I've thought about this very recently because we are actually in the process of a website revamp um, to focus less on the book. Um, and even before getting on this, that's exactly what I was doing is changing the message again and revamping. But, you know, and I think that, um, one of the things that you've got to be willing to do as a female entrepreneur, um, you know, I love the quote, be clear on your intentions, but fluid on the how. And I thought I knew how, how it was going to go, how I was going to execute my ultimate intention, which always has been to help change the lives of female entrepreneurs and help them increase their revenue and make the biggest impact in the world that they possibly can. And how I thought I was going to do that was through the book. Interestingly enough, that was not my life plan. Um, now, um, and may, it it may still, but again, some of the other ways that the book was going to make an impact was through (laughs) conferences Mm -hmm. and booked speaking engagements and places like that, all of which have since been canceled. And so many of the in-person events, you know, maybe those will come back and maybe they will come back and the book will be relevant then, but, but I'm different now. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think, um, What you have to always be open to is open to the growth that you can get to experience along the way if you don't see it as, you know, with a victim or negative mindset of, oh no, this happened to me, rather than this is happening for me. And so that I may reach that ultimate destination. I didn't expect it, but somehow it will be a gift. And we all expect to be able to see that in the moment, and you don't get to right? You just have to have faith and then yeah. trust, and then you get to see it as, an, um, as a reflection.
0: Yeah. Well, so as your message is growing with the new website development and things of that nature, um, does that, uh, will it also affect areas that you've done with your podcast that you've launched? Does that affect some of the work that you're doing there? Are you going to continue with it? And if so, can we get into discussing some of that?
1: I would love to, gosh, you are getting me to open up about things that I have not talked about at all. And, um, yes, I am actually in the process of completely revamping the podcast. Um, it, the title was hitting rock middle and when COVID hit and I saw the need to, um, like I said, pivot to, to offer a different resource, something that was live where people could provide interaction. Um, then I did the live versus having just simply the um, audio format. Um, and so now I want the podcast to be both, both, um, visual and so that there is, um, a way to watch it. And then I, and then have the audio format as well. And then, um, my idea is to um, reformat it to be something like, um, and I can test out the name on you, um, the keys to earning more. And so that it is um, all centered around, um, you know, giving women more of the keys to their own success and, um, you know, helping them with what I find are really typically the three most um, predominant areas That are problematic for female entrepreneurs, their their trouble with their time, the trouble with their earnings, which goes into many more different facets, you know, um, through pricing and sales. And then um, the last is through their mindset, which is everything from um, leadership to um, boundary setting.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it does exactly, I was going to say, I love the title as long as it does what it says. And it does, mm -hmm. you know, I'm all about utility especially when someone's going to talk about keys and functionality, you know, especially, I have a very poetic waxing and waning heart. Don't get me wrong. But when it gets into, you know, career talk or business or anything like that, I'm like, let's not use metaphors. Let's be straight. You know, (laughs) let's talk about what we're really talking about. So I like it a lot. I like the title and I think it'll be fun to that end. Do you think the format will be interview? Will you make it a hodgepodge? Will it be interview? Will it be some of you? Are you shooting for a specific type of format in the beginning or have you even thought it through? Um,
1: I have, I, um, I want to do one interview a month and then I'm going to do the rest. The other three will be um, me talking about um, both things that um, you know, are, tools and assets that people can, as you said, implement right away and are very utilitarian. Um, and then I would love to be able to use one of the episodes as a way of implementation of the tools that hopefully have been shared by the guest. So um, by the prior guest, so that we could talk about um, what they said and and give you some some ways to implement their tips which we all know there is another step to the process when you're interviewing someone they're going to give you a lot of awareness which is fantastic but then beyond awareness comes implementation so I want to be able to follow through with that and um, so that's the idea is that I would have two new concepts a month and then an interview in the implementation of the interview um, each
0: that sounds a great format. Will you ever take um, kind of question and answers from your audience as you grow? Like, will there ever be like a Q&A where people can kind of write in about things that they're questioning? Love that idea. Uh, yes. That is awesome. such a fantastic idea. Yeah. I love um, implementation and action items that you're talking about. I think it's so imperative it, with everything, you know, the, the social turmoil our nation's under right now, not just the morning, but like the actionable, like what can we do moving forward changes, you know, you're coming from the the body of water of change. And so I think that it's um, the action items that you just mentioned, implementation and everything, and, and then coming at it from answering Q and A later on, like that sounds fantastic. It's so great. I think that that's, um, it seems like a really beautiful marriage somehow, um, philosophically between what your book, you know, strove to do as well, which was help people implement it into their lives. So I like the idea that you're kind of carrying that ethos over. So I want to unpack the brim. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that. I'm sure. I I believe it's what you were mentioning when you said COVID hit. You needed to help your clients. You went on this Facebook. Um, I'm guessing it's from the same kind of coaching um, experience that you're, you're doing towards, can you draw a little bit out about, um, maybe an average profile of your clients? You like to work with female entrepreneurs, but maybe a little bit deeper than that, um, within that area. And also I'm curious about like what the top three to four main issues, some of your clients always have. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, the brim really is intended to serve, um, female entrepreneurs. Traditionally, I find that they fall much in my age range, 40 to 50, Um, obviously everyone is welcome, you know, on either end of the periphery, we have some, you know, one that I can think of that's 23 and one that is, you know, 58. Um, but typically it's somewhere around the 40 to 50 age range where I find that many of them also grew up like I did with this very external focus and, um, with this, um, thought process that, you know, I'm smart. I've, I've got the degrees. Generally, they may have succeeded in a previous career, and now they're trying to apply a lot of that to their entrepreneurial experience, and it's not really working. Um, and they aren't sure why. Much of the time, they have between zero and 10 employees. Maybe their revenue is, I have several companies that I work with that have up to $10 million in revenue. But what is consistent about them is they're all missing the uh, leadership support. So they still remain the primary decision-maker. They still are, you know, have very little, they have support staff, but they have very little people to delegate any type of decision-making or other leadership responsibilities to, so they still bear much of that burden. Um, And so they're looking consistently to someone like myself to turn up to because they don't wanna complain down they want to be able to turn up to someone else and they don't have anywhere else to turn. And so I can serve within the broom as that person guide them through the next stages, which um, really are all about helping them with those three main problems that I find they are always almost undercharging. Very consistent issue. Um, You know, female entrepreneurs tend to, Um, earn 56 cents on every male dollar um, in the entrepreneurial world, whereas in the corporate world, we earn 76 cents on every male dollar. And I constantly put it back to my female entrepreneurs to say, and who set the price? Who did that? We did. If we're doing it to ourselves, it's fantastic to know that because then we get to change it. Um, and then we have the power to do so. So, you know, we we're well aware because of the, the loud, thank gosh, voices of women everywhere saying, Hey, we deserve to be paid. Um, you know, in the corporate world, what we, you know, equal pay, but when we are given the choice too often, we are diminishing our own talent. And so, um, that is a big focus of the brim is helping with pricing structures and then also with becoming familiar with and passionate about sales um which is not an icky word but something that (laughs) women need to lean into Mm -hmm. and know that um the the fantastic sales process is being able to serve the people who need what you have in a way that's thoughtful and creates a win-win relationship and um And then the other is certainly um, about time management. Um, And so, um, you know, we break that down over um, several weeks of work on uh, productivity tools, time management tools, um, and efforts that I have found that have have changed my business dramatically. And so I teach those, um, but I also deal a lot with the mindset issues that, that, are incorporated in the time management problem of not valuing ourselves. And, um, so we do dive into, um, the third issue, which is mindset, which is around self care, um, and the idea that when you care for yourself first, your business will actually flourish instead mm-hmm. of operating and making decisions constantly from a place of fear, believing that, you know, you can run yourself into a ground and, and do a little bit more and that will help you earn more. Um, that is in fact wrong. Um, and so we break down those three areas of the main focus into, um, smaller modules and deal with those.
0: Yeah. And it's so true. And I feel like it's been told to me since I was in my twenties by Oprah and I just, the implementation never it's, it's, I remember the day it sunk in, you know, about self-care actually coming out to be in fruition to not just your bottom line, but your bottom line of happiness It's amazing what self care does. And it's amazing how um, even as um, I think I was raised really liberally and incredibly privileged, and um, I still wasn't raised with those values. Women were taught to sacrifice. That's what you got to do. You better be multitasking. You better be making everyone happy ahead of yourself. And it was just so weird to realize that so many years into my career and thinking, oh, if I had done this earlier on, at very least my happiness level would have been through the roof um so i have to ask you i love to ask authors this having come from a family of writers and playwrights and things like that it's one of my most favorite things because it's very agitating um but uh i'm wondering if uh it's like asking about someone's next meal as they've just completed supper but um i'm wondering if you've thought about another book on the horizon a lot of times when you're going through the process it's actually you know it, it can spark things in people or it's like i will never do that again. You know, there's, there's two schools of thought, but, um, I'm wondering if you've thought about writing another book as you're kind of doing this beautiful metamorphosis and pivoting, you know, um, listening to the times and the reality around you, has it sparked up like the thoughts of maybe writing another book or no? Um, it has. And
1: I think that that is so interesting because I always equate it to having children. I have a 10 and almost 13 year old and, I remember when my son was born um, first and I said to myself, I will never do that again. That was really tough. And I'm glad that I have the child and he's absolutely wonderful, but oh my gosh, I can't imagine putting myself through that. And then you get enough distance from it and you say, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that hard. I could do it again. And I think that now um, that I actually finished writing the book almost a year ago, I'm having a little bit of that distance to think, um, I, I have more to say, I have more I want to talk mm-hmm. about. And so I definitely think that there will be another book. Um, and I just began probably thinking about that within the last two weeks, um, yeah. as this, um, next probably third pivot since I've been in COVID, yeah. um, is coming about. Um, I, that's what really stirred that thought process.
0: Um, good, that, that's exciting. Well, that's good for me. you know I get to read well, another one <laughs> for you. welcome you know to your triumph and turbulation along with that. Um, mm. um, in addition to that, well, I'm glad I got that out of you. Uh, it's hard to get people even to admit that there's a very there's a secrecy. When someone's oh, yeah. going to write something with so many authors, you know, you're like, you working on something? No, not, not really. Not really. You know, there's this thing. Yeah. Like, don't judge me. Don't ask me about it next week. I don't want to be accountable. Um, I love it. But because um,
1: midway through even the first book, I was like, not that many people know about this. We're just going to tuck this <laughs> yeah. away. We're just going to pretend like I, I really only told about 10 or 12 yeah. people. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. It happens.
0: Um, I'm wondering so that's a plan it's a goal for the future and I'm wondering if you can kind of enumerate on other um, like goals for the next one year it's this has been a conversation that everyone you know from a 12 year old to a 112 year old has had with themselves it's changed significantly for all of us in this world and I'm wondering if um your goals have changed drastically. Obviously, you've had this pivot that's come up, but do you have goals that you can kind of uh, expand on for the next 1 to 2 years?
1: Sure. Um I had huge goals around traveling and speaking. And so that um was you know suddenly became a big X in the goal sheet and in the income sheet as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes forced pivots are a really great thing and you know it it um, again, forces us to dig deeper, um, and do the harder work, right. Speaking would have been easier for me because it's something I've done for a long time. Um, and now the harder work is for me to figure out that next deeper layer of myself of where I can continue to push myself and to grow. And so I hope over the course of the next year that, um, you know, my goal has been, um, you know, my bigger life goal is to obviously impact as many female entrepreneurs as I possibly can and help them reach at least the million dollar mark of revenue or more. Um, since only 2% of female entrepreneurs ever get to that place. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that there should be so many more out there. Um, and, um, but within the next year, I hope that, um, that I see now I'm hesitant to put that finite goal out there. Yeah. Um, what I've been thinking about is that I hope I can at least help 10, right. 10 female entrepreneurs reach that million dollar mark. Um, I know that we've in, in the last two months gotten two more there. So that feels really magical nice. and amazing. Yeah. Um, to, to know that they, uh, reach that threshold for the first time in their careers ever and had been in business prior to this for, you know, 10 years, 12 years, and just never gotten there. And that's why I always say, sometimes it's, it's a tiny tweak that can unlock that next level. Um, so yeah, um, I think that I'm going to focus very heavily on those three areas that to me seem the, the most um, evident in need of, um, you know, coaching courses, et cetera, of just um, the mindset, time, and um, and earnings sections. So those are going to be my three areas of of deep focus. Is really digging into those. I already have a course on mindset. Um, I focus tremendously on earnings in the brim um, of helping women scale their businesses. Um, develop new revenue streams and um, increase their pricing, develop sales funnels, et cetera, in the brim. Um, And, um, but I think it is time to introduce something that will be a, like a six week course is what I'm kind of imagining on time that will incorporate um, slyly some mindset issues and things like that. But we'll rope you in telling you we're going to make you more productive.
0: Right. Yeah. Increase the bottom line. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, we've come to the part of the podcast. It's my favorite. Everyone who's been listening or following me um, over the past couple of years knows this. But I'm curious uh, if you were at a safe social distance uh, tomorrow in some out outdoor space, and someone walked up to you. It was a woman or a female identified or non binary individuals, um, anyone other than a man, uh, for purposes of this podcast. And um, they said, "Listen, uh, I'm Sally. I'm." I'm so glad I ran into you. I, uh, I went to law school. I had this amazing firm. I did great. Um, I started questioning um, my, you know, my placement there about eight years prior to this. And I decided I, you know, it was not the right path for me. I'm going to launch out on my own. I'm going to try and figure some things out, find my path. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give that individual knowing what you know now about your own life?
1: Ooh. Um the first would definitely be um dream big and i know that that has been a phrase that we have you know probably overused but what i mean by that very technically is start with the end in mind begin with your end of life end of career everything and look at two things both your income goals and your lifestyle goals do not leave your lifestyle behind mm. and that's how very often if I had defined those things and said who I wanted to become at the end of this wild and crazy life, thank you, Mary Oliver, for that quote. And I love it is then I never would have practiced law. I would have skipped that entire part of my journey because I wanted to become a woman who was a million dollar earner, a woman who traveled internationally, made an impact on other women in business and um, you know, Change the world that was not going to happen within the type of law practice that I chose, so I would have known, Oh, okay, wait a minute, my lifestyle goals do not match up with the direction that I'm heading. And mm-hmm. so I would tell her, Don't get back in the same loop by just getting started. You know, very often I hear people all the time say to entrepreneurs, Just begin, and I'm like. Okay. That's like telling someone to get in a car and just start driving. Are you going to go left or right? Where are you headed? If you know the end destination is California versus Europe, sure. Just start driving and enjoy the the windy route, but you always have a direction. And that is really different than just begin. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so again, that's about creating that final destination. Um, I've kind of wrapped up a couple of other things in there is always set both income and lifestyle goals, not just one. Mm. Um, And then I would say um, the third is um, gosh, I I think one of the biggest mistakes that I have made, even as an entrepreneur along the way is still continuously believing that someone else has a magic pill or a, um, you know, expertise out there that can fix me and Mm -hmm. they can't, right? Sometimes you've got to just take the bumps and the bruises along the way and learn as you go. And you don't need to pay someone else, you know, um, thousands of dollars to fix you. Now, you know, is it more joyful to get to experience the journey with other female entrepreneurs and be part of a community that's challenging and and growing themselves too? Absolutely. Like, but just know when you go into that, that and go into a coaching relationship or any of those that you have all the power, you have everything within you that you need to be the best version of yourself already. And so really what you're looking for from the coach or the other person that you're hiring is just to bring that out even more, just to highlight it, to complement it. Um, and, um, so very often I see entrepreneurs, you know, looking for the PR firm, the marketing, if I only had this mm-hmm. or that, um, yeah. it would all be better and that's just not
0: the case. And believe me, I've wasted plenty of money doing those things too. And yeah, I like that. And it's cool. I haven't heard that from anyone before. And I think it's um, obviously indicative of the work that you've done in your book and the work that you'll continue doing. All right. So to sum up, I've got dream big and um, what you end with a side note of start with the end in mind, which I love. Um, Number two, always set income and lifestyle goals, not just one um, number three, nobody outside of you can fix you or your career. It's um, merely those people's tools that release your own power and prowess. Oh, so, I love that. That's yes. awesome. That's you. Yeah, that's you like you back to you. I like that <laughs> a lot too. Um, Sally, that's so awesome. I, you know, We're out of time, but I just wanted to say thank you so much today. I know that you've got a, a bunch of balls in the air and nobody is busier than someone revamping their life, which everybody is doing. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and have our audience hear your wisdom. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. For everyone listening, we have been speaking with Sally Holder. She's a best selling author, podcast host, and founder. You can find out more about all of the stuff that we've been talking about on her website, www.sallyholder.com. I myself eagerly await her next book and um, can't wait for all of the future wisdom that comes from that. Um, And for everyone else listening, and thank you for spending your time with us today. I do appreciate you. And until we speak again next time, remember to stay in love with the world and always bet on yourself. Sluncha.